Alrighty, yo, what's going on, y'all? This is season two, the second season. Just like Call of Duty Warzone and just like Apex Legends, every season gets better and better. And this is the second season of the Ant and Dame Show, the Notorious Sports Podcast. And we're coming out with episode 20 with a bang. Ant, go ahead and run down the show because I cannot wait to get into this. I'm very excited. All right, y'all. I know we've been talking about basketball a lot, obviously, because of the NBA bubble. But with week one upon us, it is finally time to start talking about the NFL. We are going to rank our NFL Q- QBs from worst to first. That's what we like to do here because, I mean, that's way more fun is going from worst, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we're going to go from 32 to 16 today. Um, and then we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson's little contract he signed. And then we are going to talk about our predictions division of the playoffs. So division yeah. winners plus wild cards. Just a little speculations going on to the the Season? year but yeah hey it's here um just some news to start off the show some stuff that happened this week the bucks the best team in the league are out of the nba playoffs <laughs> and billy donovan is out as head coach in oklahoma city and the brooklyn nets announced they will be signing steve nash as their head coach yeah so I'm cool with the Steve Nash hire. Obviously, KD was is a big, uh, big fan, big friend of Steve Nash. Uh, Steve Nash loves Kyrie. Uh, the Bucks losing after Miami started running that zone uh, from game number one. I knew the Bucks were gonna be into some trouble. I didn't see a gentleman sweep, but I saw like a seven game series, and man, was I wrong. And then as far as OKC and Billy Donovan, uh, Billy Donovan really impressed me. Someone's gonna get a very good coach um, from him whenever you know he does sign or whoever he does sign with. So. Those are my thoughts. Um, did you want to tell the viewers a little bit about what we're doing real quick as far as, uh, you know, the YouTube and everything like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so to our Spotify, SoundCloud listeners, we are on YouTube right now. We are recording as we speak. <laughs> I just hit the table so the camera shook to our YouTube viewers. But <laughs> season two, we decided to change up some things. We're going to change up the music. We're going to change up. No, we're not going to change up how we do the show. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, because no, yeah, yeah. you don't mess with perfection, right? No, no, yeah, retweet, retweet. So we just wanted to do it, just give you all more platforms, get get, just get closer to you guys. YouTube, you'll see yeah. our face. So yeah, let us know what y'all think on Twitter, in the comments on YouTube, like the playlist on Spotify, all that good stuff. But without further ado, we can go and get started. Um, let's start first with Deshaun Watson's contract. We got, we got Mr. Four. He got his jersey hanging right here right now, on my right. Best number four in Texas. <laughs> I won't argue that. That's true. Uh, he signed in, to- in totality because he had two years left on his deal. He signed a six-year, $180 million deal. That's essentially what his contract is. Uh, before that, I believe it's four years, 149 if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's the highest uh, annual average uh, salary in the NFL. And uh, he's it's well worth it. I mean, you can't be upset. For the Texans, or at the Texans for signing him, because he's worth every penny. Uh, he is the Texans. He is that franchise. He's that offense, and uh, he'll be the reason why I have them in the playoffs. Spoiler alert for you know later, later, in, the later in the show. But Deshaun Watson is that dude. I have him as uh, as a top five quarterback, and uh, y'all will see that ranking you know next episode. But I'm 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 happy for him. I'm happy. I'm always pro player in a contract situation. Always. So good on him. Good on the Texans for getting it right. I was a little worried there because they got rid of De- uh, DeAndre for wanting a contract. So, but you know they took care of business and they did and they sure did. They were that's good on them. 
I mean, you mentioned DeAndre. Shout out to him. He negotiated his own contract today yep. and yep. got himself as the highest non-QB player yep. ever. Yep. Uh, but we're here to talk about Deshaun and the Texans. We are still partnered with the Horn here. So, yep. obviously talking about Texas teams. Um, but my reaction as a Texans fan, as a huge Deshaun fan, is I'm relieved because moving off DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun and DeAndre looked like they were going to be the duo to push the the Texans over that hump, yeah. over the hump of first-round exit, yeah. inconsistent. Uh, but they moved off DeAndre, and I'm relieved that they're going to stick with Deshaun. I'm happy that I can say he is going to be the franchise quarterback. I don't think it's really a discussion at this point. Uh, he's going to be the best quarterback they've ever had. Uh, and I think it benefited both parties because still, he still won't see the – it's going to be total outs like $40 million a year over those four years, but he's yeah. not going to see that for two more years. So that gives the team time. Yeah, some flexibility. Kind of fix what I think they messed – what everybody thinks they messed up. Yeah. Uh, work with different combos of wide receiver in the next couple seasons, fit, see what types of receivers fit Deshaun. But I, I'm not mad at that because, I mean, when we watch Deshaun, when we look in to see what he does, he hits a lot of different targets. So I don't know if you need the wide receiver that's going to take – 52 million over two years yeah so i'm excited to see what they do uh i would like to see this season be for bill o'brien be get out of the first round or bust but we can talk about that another time later into the season <laughs> but i'm i'm happy i'm happy for for you as texans fan and uh i think they did the right move um shout out to my boy Jalen ramsey for getting paid as well yeah i'm very happy for my boy Jay ram um I have him as, the, off the top of my head, either the second or the third best corner in the league. I think Bump and Run Gilmore is the first, is the best corner. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's been proven to that. But uh, Jalen Ramsey's a stud, worth every penny. And uh, in, in an air raid passing NFL era of offense that we're living in, or offensive era, rather, that we're living in, <laughs> shot down corners, man-to-man corners. There's very few few of them now, but he's worth every penny. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for this. This quarterback talk, man. I'm, I'm excited. It's it's tough to go from to, for me it was tough to just say who was just the worst quarterback. Yeah. Because when you look at a lot of teams that are down there bottom of the barrel, uh, it, it's tough because a lot of them don't have great situations for the quarterback. So for me that was tough to rank them. Uh, but I would like to preface this next argument as I didn't put any rookies in it because. We have not seen any rookies in their current situations play. So I'm not going to go and say Joe Bur- Burrow is a top 15 quarterback right as he's in the league yeah. because, yes, we've seen him succeed at the college level, but it's a whole different league now, and the Cincinnati situation could be a discussion for a later topic as well. Um, I personally did. I put uh, I put basically both their the current starter and the potential start- starter, meaning I have Fitz slash Tua um, – Tyrod slash Herbert, you know, stuff like that. Uh, right now, I don't believe the Bears have um, made a starting quarterback decision, um, but the the drop off from Mitch to Foles for me wasn't a big wasn't big either. So, I did Anthony did it, but I'm not upset at it because his reasoning for it is, is spot on. It make, it makes sense. Yeah. So with further without further ado, um, I'd I'd like to go chunks at a time. Yeah. Go ahead. So like a couple. Yeah. I'll read my 32 to 28, and then yeah. you can read your 32 to 28. Okay. So, for me, my, my worst quarterback in the league is Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> okay. 
Some people say you look like him. Yeah, yes, I'm pretty sure it's you <laughs> that says that. Uh, but I would I would put him worse in league because of his expectations. Okay. Because he was drafted before Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And so, with that alone, you should be up there with them, and he's nowhere near them, anything like that. The Bears haven't really done anything. They have a great defense, I think, in the Bears, but you're still not winning, and there's really only one other place you can point that to. Uh, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Tua for your argument. Uh, Once again, Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick will be great from week one to four. and But we got... Yeah. The rest of the season to play. <laughs> so uh, then I have Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I, I didn't want to put him last. I know he didn't start last le- year in the league, but he is a playoff quarterback. We saw him get the Bills to the playoffs a couple years ago, and I think that has something to say for his ranking. Uh, 29, I had Gardner Minshew. Uh, Jacksonville, once again, one of those situations, it's not great, so it's kind of tough to judge how good the quarterback actually is. Uh, he did do a great job when Nick Foles got hurt, but once again – doing a good job as a backup as a backup quote unquote uh you, and now you're going to be the starter because they moved off foals you're going to have to step up show show something and then 28 i had nick Foles. i ranked them separately because they were starting in two different places last year okay uh nick Foles, i really have never thought has been that amazing of quarterback uh, i think he fits in certain systems great and i think the season that they won the Super Bowl, I think Wentz got them the entire way there until he couldn't play. Yeah. Um, I would agree. And we kind of basically have the same thing. Uh, 32, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Tua. Tua, I don't believe, is NFL ready right now. Um, but, I mean, that's not a knock on him. I still think he's going to be great. Uh, but Fitzpatrick, to me, is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Just because, like you said, man, for the first three, four games, he is a very good quarterback. And then the other three quarters of the season, he's horrible. Um, we saw that in Tampa Bay, he lit it up the first two weeks. I believe he scored almost 50 points on the opener against new Orleans in the dome. Um, and then after that was, was horrible. Um, 31, I have Tyrod Taylor slash Justin Herbert. Um, same deal. I think Tyrod Taylor is a, you know, he's, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's someone you always like, if he's your starter, you're looking to upgrade off, but that's not saying he's not a bad, he's a, that's not saying he's a bad player or he's not, not someone good to have in your locker room he's both of that he's he's a good he's someone that's good to have in your locker room especially when you're developing a young quarterback um and he's a starting quarterback but he's just his ceiling is so low uh and your offensive ceiling is so low with him as your starter uh 30 i have my boy joey burrow uh at number 30 i think he's the most nfl ready of the quarterbacks that's a rookie um I would take him over Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he hasn't played a single snap. Some may say I'm dumb uh, for saying that or dumb for having that assessment, but Joey Burrow, for me, I believe his his floor, I think he'll be like an Alex Smith kind of quarterback. He can stretch the field if you give him adequate weapons to do so, uh, but he can also manage a game, and that's fine in the NFL. Look at Tyrod Taylor. That, that's someone who I just mentioned has had a long career with that uh, level of play. Alex Smith has made Pro Bowl teams with that level of play. So I like Joey Burrow at 30. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll be in the low 20s or in the teens, you know, next next season. Uh, number 29, I have Mitch Trubisky slash Nick Foles. Uh, and a Matt Nagy offense being as mediocre of a quarterback as Trubisky's been, that's very bad. Uh, Matt Nagy is one of the best offensive minds in football, and uh, he's potentially going to get him fired, uh, Trubisky is. 
And Foles, I put slash Foles because I see no drop off in production outside of the Philly system. Uh, out of an Andy Reid, uh, you know Chip Kelly, uh, and now Doug Peterson, all those kind of systems, they kind of have a little bit of similarities. Um, not entirely, but there is some things that you can kind of base on and say, oh, okay, well he's familiar with this, familiar with that, different zones and schemes and stuff like that. Uh, he's still mediocre outside of that. And Mr. Bisky, like I said, he's going to get a, a great coach fired. And then 28, I had Gardner Minshew. Um, he's another guy who I feel like he's going to have a long career. I think he'll be a backup. He'll probably be a perennial backup at just about every spot that he's at. But he can, I think he can get, he can win you two, three, four games at a time if need be, uh, if a starter does go down. So that was my 32 to 28 personally. Uh, yeah, I, I like your list. I I just left Joe Burrow off my list entirely. Like I said, I like Joey um, B. I yeah. do. I I think he'll be really good if Cincinnati can build around him. Yeah, I like or Jeremy. if he walks after his rookie contract, I would say that he's he's going to be solid. He's crazy because uh, right before we go into the next topic with Joe Burrow, uh, Kirk Herbstreet uh, said it beautifully. You know, like you know how we're going through a pandemic right now, and there's some players that are sitting out. You know, if Joe Burrow would have sat out last year, he would have probably been a fifth or sixth round pick at best. Yeah, like he was not like on anyone's radar to be in a, a day one prospect and probably not even a day two prospect. Uh, but that that's that last season at LSU was phenomenal. I mean, that's arguably the best collegiate football season from a quarterback we've ever seen. Um, but I'll leave it there. Uh, twenty seven to twenty two, twenty one. Yeah, either of those. All right. Twenty one, twenty one. Sean Taylor, RP. Yeah. Uh, 27, I don't know if you're going to like this, is where I put Dwayne Haskins. Uh, mainly because he's been dealing with injuries and whatnot. We haven't really been able to see him full throttle, I guess I'll use that word. Uh, I, th- I think he has the potential to definitely get into that 18, 17 range. But we're going to need to see him play a full season. Uh, then right underneath him, I had Daniel Jones. He's down here because... He's in a bad situation, I believe. No true weapons besides Saquon. Uh, if you watch Giants games, it's very tough to <laughs> watch now. Uh, then I had Teddy B at 25. He had a great season in New Orleans, but that was a great team. I do not think he's going to be what he was when he was in. But I did like him in Minnesota as a starter, but I'm not 100% sure on a starter in a situation like Carolina that has one true weapon. Uh, 24, I had Sam Darnold. I like Sam Darnold a lot. Uh, never really not liked him. Once again, he's one of those similar players that just really hasn't had a true weapon yet. Uh, but with that, he's still, you can still see glimpses of decency to be a mid-level quarterback in the league. Uh, I think he'll probably sit in the 20s just knowing the Jets. They won't put the right weapons around him. I think he'll sit in the 20s for most of his career. Uh, 23, I had Drew Locke. Uh, This one was one of the ones I kind of um, speculated on, but with their drafts, I think he will actually have a decent season uh, because of the weapons they have around him now as wide receivers, as far as wide receivers go. Uh, 22, I had Derek Carr. Uh, I had him this low mainly because he's been dealing with the injury as well. But once again, he has a great rookie ro- wide receiver coming in, and I think that will help will help kickstart that offense, having a true weapon next to a solid QB who at one point in the league I think was top 15 before he hurt his leg. And then 21, I have Jimmy G. I'm not high at him at on high on on him at all. Uh, I never really have been. 
Uh, he's this low mainly because they could not throw the ball in the Super Bowl. Uh, it wasn't for lack of wanting to. It was because they know they couldn't. Uh, they didn't have the trust in their quarterback to do so, and I think that has something to say about his skills. So that's why he's so low, even though he went to the Super Bowl. Um, we have we have similar ra- well, kind of sorta. Um, twenty seven. I have Drew Lock. Uh, I do like Drew Lock as well as a prospect. Uh, I watched a lot of Drew Lock going into the twenty nineteen uh, draft, and he has a cannon of an arm. Uh, he has some accuracy issues, a little bit of footwork issues. But he plays with a swagger and a command of the offense that I really like. And I think he'll also be someone who Denver can go to for four, six years from now. And uh, they can claim as, you know, their starter. Um, I don't know where his ceiling exactly is at. Uh, similar with Haskins, who I have at 26. Um, I have them both in the same range just because there's there's so many – there's so much we don't know yet. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm very high on both of those prospects. Dwayne Haskins, um, footwork issues as well. Um a little bit of accuracy issues as well, but going into the uh, to this season, I've looked at both of the a lot of them in uh, training camp and and you know all their things in the off season, and they both look very 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 good. Um, so I'm very hopeful and optimistic on their progression in year two, and I think they will both be in the teens the next time we do this list next season. Um, 25, I have Daniel Jones. Um, he got to start. Basically an entire season, I believe. After what was it? He, I think his first game starting was against the Buccaneers, and that was in week three, I think, or two. Um, but he he showed some good, very good signs. Showed a lot of rookie mistakes, and you can live with that from a rookie quarterback. Um, I think he's a solid player. I thought, uh, I thought the Giants organization caught a lot of unnecessary flack for drafting him. Uh, he wasn't that bad of a player at a uh, at Duke. I, I scouted him a lot in 2019 as well because Washington had a lot of rumors of uh, selecting him. He's not a bad player. I thought he was very NFL-ready, and he was. He was NFL-ready. Uh, he's definitely more NFL-ready than my boy Dwayne or uh, Drew Locke was, so you can't be upset at that. Uh, 24, I have Phillip Rivers. He's a shell of himself at this point. Um, can't stretch the field. Turnover prone as heck. 38 years old. Not mobile whatsoever. Um, I... I at this point, you're you're signing Philip Rivers because he's the name. You're not signing him for um, high-level production. And the Chargers had a lot of good weapons around him. Their offensive line wasn't the best, but they did have a lot of, of, of very competent weapons around him. They had arguably a top-five receiver in Keenan Allen. Uh, Hunter Henry, although he did deal with some injuries, he, he was effective when on the field. Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, Mike Williams. So I, I – some may say I'm harsh on the veteran, on the OG, but I don't believe that. Um, I trust my eye, and I trust what I've seen over the last couple of seasons. Uh, 23, I have Teddy Bridgewater. Um, similarly to what I said about Tyrod Taylor uh, and the stealing of Joey Burrow, Teddy's a, a game manager. Uh, he's also someone who I don't believe will stretch the field. Um, I think his best patching, passing attribute, the best system that he's in, is a short to intermediate passing offense, similarly to, similarly to what Brady saw with Josh McDaniels in New England. Um, but Teddy's obviously not Tom Brady. Uh, Teddy's a game manager, and I feel like in Carolina he'll have an opportunity to play to his strengths with guys like DJ Moore. Uh, Curtis Samuel, who a lot of people have said hasn't looked too good in camp, I still think um, with guys like that that he can he can succeed in, a sh- in the short to intermediate passing game. Uh, 22, I have Sam Darnold. Uh, I know you mentioned 
that you like Sam Darnold. And I'm not saying I don't like him, but at this point, uh, two years into it, he hasn't shown me much. And I don't think the Jets have built around him well enough for me to be confident in where his his ceiling is or how good he can be. Uh, That's the difference in him and who I have at 21 in Baker Mayfield because Mayfield has weapons now. Now he has two strong tackles. He has um, Conklin on one side, and they drafted, um, was it Tristan Wirfs, or was it um, from Alabama? The, the I thought Wirfs went to... Wirfs, because Wirfs was my number one lineman. Yeah, he went to Tampa Bay. Okay, so they got the Alabama, uh, Je- uh, Jedrick Wills, if I'm not mistaken, the tackle from Alabama. But yeah, Wirfs was my number one lineman, and I know the, the Browns got a very good one as well. So... Um, that's the difference between Donald and Baker for me and why I have Baker hires because I also think Baker's upside in the deep passing game is, is better, uh, is higher, rather. So that's, you know, my 21. That's where I end at. All right. And then going from 20 to 16. Yeah. 16 is where we're going to round it off today. Uh, at 20, I had Phillip Rivers, similar as you. Um, the only reason I had him a little bit higher was for that, I guess, the veteran game. Uh, I wasn't quite ready to count him out. We'll see if, if he can do anything in Indianapolis. But has he officially been named the starter, or is it? Yeah, it'll be him. It will? Yeah. Um, I mean, they signed him for $25 million. I hope he's yeah, the starter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I had Jared Goff at 19. He was good for the season they went to the Super Bowl. I've been dropping off since that, since then. And, uh, yeah, with with Jared Goff, it's definitely just – he he's gonna he's average at this point for me and right this is right around around where we're at is the average quarterbacks uh then i had baker mayfield at 18 uh similar to you he has weapons now this is a season to prove if he can be a quarterback in this league if not it's gonna it's gonna be tough to see see him move on it may be cleveland may be the place where quarterbacks go to die after all uh 17 i had josh allen I love me some Josh Allen. It's just we haven't really seen him with a true weapon yet. Uh, I think Stephon Gilmore. Or, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stephon Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> Stephon Diggs being there is going to help him out a lot. And I think this is going to be the season we're going to see how good he actually is uh, now uh, w- with that true weapon. And then 16, I have Kirk Cousins because I don't think he's a top 15 quarterback in the league. So I had to put him here. But... <laughs> With all seriousness, is he's not a playoff quarterback. We've seen it year year in year out. Um, and to be in the top fifteen, you're going to have to start showing that you can be a playoff quarterback or have glimpses of, oh my goodness, I can't believe you just did that. But I've never really seen that from Kirk Cousins. Yeah, outside of the New Orleans game this past uh, season, he he hasn't shown much in the uh, in the playoffs when it when it counts most. But uh, from twenty to sixteen, I go number twenty, Josh Allen. Um, I like Josh Allen as well, uh, but he has footwork issues uh, pretty badly, uh, accuracy issues like crazy. He does have a cannon of an arm, uh, and rumor has it it actually rivals Pat Mahomes' arm in terms of arm strength. Um, he's an, an elite runner, though. He, with the ball in his hands, yeah, no, he's elite as a runner. Um, and he can make throws, the short to intermediate throws. And he can make the deep ball throws as well. Uh, is he just needs to clean up his game. Once his game gets cleaned up, he'll definitely be in the in the better half of, of quarterbacks, and I don't doubt that at all. Um, 19, I have Cam Newton. Uh, I haven't seen Cam play since – healthy Cam play since 
2018 uh, since they were 6-2, and two, but then he banged up his shoulder and, you know, nothing's been the same since. Um, that's really where I'm at with Cam is because I haven't seen him play in so long. I don't know where he's at, but I trust that he's better than all the quarterbacks that I've named previous to him. Um, because Pete Cam Newton is, is in my opinion, was a top 10 quarterback for sure. And you can top write that. Seven. You can write the top yeah, seven. Yeah, you can write that in Sharpie. Um, 18, I have Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, similarly to you, if you're if one of the greatest offensive minds in the game, Kyle Shanahan, isn't putting the ball in his quarterback's hands in late game situations when they need to pass the ball, when they need to throw the ball, that's a problem. So I'm not going to go as far as to say Jimmy, you know, he's in the in the 20s. Because I, he's also shown to me he can make the short to intermediate throws. He can make a deep ball throw. Um, it's For me, with him, it's a mindset issue. Um, why go for the 12-yard for the twelve yard completion, the 15, the 20-yard completion, when I have the four-yard drag right here? You know what I mean? So I think Jimmy I think Jimmy has a lot of room to grow. And he's also someone that can be in the, in the better half of quarterbacks as well. Um, I wish they supplied him with better weapons. Debo Samuel was one of my favorite prospects uh, in the 2019 draft. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders was very impactful on their offense. That he's obviously not there anymore. Brandon Ayuk, one one of my top five uh, wa- uh, wide receiver prospects in the 2020 draft. They selected him, but he's also hurt along with Debo. So he's gonna be very short on weapons. Um, and I we already know, Mar- and we already uh, know Marquise Goodwin's always yeah. hurt, but uh, love him. Shout well, out. most most new most new. I was. I won't be surprised if Mosinu goes to the 49ers. He has a lot of familiarity in the in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah. But even with that, I mean, Sanu struggles to create separation, especially even out of the slot. So I think Jimmy's in a tough spot. But I do I do like me some Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, 17, I have Derek Carr, another quarterback who's not too high, not too low. Someone who, even in his time with uh, Oakland. You know, Michael Crabtree was never an elite receiver. Amari Cooper was so inconsistent in Oakland. Uh, I think he's gotten he's gotten uh, the short end of the stick many times in the Oakland offense. Um, I think he's shown that he can be a, a high caliber quarterback for stretches, especially um, prior to the year he broke his ankle. If I, if I remember it was correctly, like leg. Oh yeah, it was his like leg. the whole leg. Yeah, yeah, he was having an elite season, so. I trust that he can get back to uh, at least a, a, a good portion of that, maybe 80, 85, 90%. And at that at that rate, he can be a, a, a top he can, a top 17 quarterback, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I got my boy Jared Goff. Not necessarily my boy. I just prefaced it with that because I'm probably going to sound like a hater. But um, he's an elite deep ball thrower. He probably has one of the best deep balls in the game. I would, I would you know, give that up 100%. But... There is a not necessarily a rumor. It's footage of Sean McVay essentially going over whenever the uh, the, the the Rams are at the line of scrimmage. McVay's going over to the defensive side. Uh, he's leaning over to where the defense is at. He's naming. He's go- calling out the coverage. And before the the speaker goes out in the quarterback's helmet, McVay's passing the message on what he believes they're running. Um, while that's smart, obviously, I'm not gonna give Goff a whole lot of credit for reading a defense. When you have a mastermind like McVay, in my opinion, the best offensive mind in football, doing that for you. Uh, not only that, I believe right now, even though I, I said earlier that, hey, he throws a great deep ball, he's essentially been a, a, an 8-10 to 10 yard passer. Like, 
that's what we're seeing from him. We're not seeing the the illustrious deep ball throws that we've seen earlier in his career, uh, especially the Super Bowl year. Last season was just kind of ugly, man. It, it, it he kind of took a couple steps back. Um, but I'm also confident with the mastermind of Sean McVay, he can get back to being in the better half of quarterback. So those are my 32 to 16. I like it. I like it. I'm excited for the top 15 because I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna say some things that a lot of people won't like, and I think you you definitely will because <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. 1, uh, moving into the last topic. The playoffs. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. predictions. We can do AFC first. I mean, yeah, it's the best. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Uh, AFC, I just wrote it North, South, East, West winners and then uh, went into the wild cards. I didn't even put the uh, like rankings overall in the AFC. Uh, so AFC North winners, I had the Baltimore Ravens. Um, AFC South. I mean, we got the jersey on the wall for a reason. <laughs> like, I didn't know who's winning. <laughs> I had the Houston Texans winning in all seriousness, though. Um, despite losing DeAndre Hopkins, after cooling off from my first reaction, looking at how many targets De- uh, Deshaun can hit in a game, making um, uh, including the tight ends, I think this is a great receiving core for him. A lot of mid-level guys. B B plus level wide receivers that all can make plays at different times. I think Deshaun can get the ball to them for them to make plays. Um, the AFC East. I don't know if a lot of people would agree with me, but I actually have the Patriots winning. I went through the predict the game predict- predictor you sent me, and I like how they match up with a lot of teams. Um, primarily because my argument is because Cam is going to bring a lot different look a lot of different looks to the uh bill belichick offense and yeah and then the west is gonna be the kansas city chiefs i don't think that's really a surprise and then wild cards i had the titans and then the the browns uh and the colts or no yeah the colts i think i had three people from the three teams from afc south making it in okay uh, and I had slash Denver because it really depends on how those young wide receivers mesh with Drew Locke. Um, before the thought is out of my mind, when you go to the Patriots uh, offense and Cam Newton, there's some people that think Cam's not a great fit for that offense. And those same people say that he can't throw the ball down the field. You know, all due respect to Tom Brady, he's made a career off of that. Now, Brady's shown an ability to throw the ball down the field and do it effectively, but that's only with elite deep threat, you know, targets. And... New England doesn't have that right now. And if you're saying, oh, Cam Newton can't stretch the ball down the field, well, neither could Brady. Neither and, – and, well, Brady could, but it wasn't often. That wasn't what the, the Joshua Daniels offense was about. Their run game is the short passing game. Their run game is the screen game. Their passing game is the short to intermediate pass game. Crossing patterns, slants, drags, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, Cam Newton fits well in that offense. I th- And I understand why you would have them making the playoffs. Uh which will help me segue into this. Number one, uh, I did the records and everything. I did it by seed just because just I was bored. I'm down with it. Um, not because I was bored, just because I was like, screw it. Uh, the Chiefs, I have the number one uh, number one seed, the Chiefs at 13-3. and three. Uh, Number two, I have the Bills at 12-4. and four. I think the addition of Stephon Diggs uh, is going to transform, transcend that offense. And I think Josh Allen is really going to have a great year this year. Um uh, Number three, 
I have the Ravens at 12 and four. Um, another sensational year from Lamar. I think J.K. Dobbins, although he's listed quote unquote at number four on the running back depth chart, he's going to see a good amount of touches, and he should because he's a he's a very good player. Um, they added my boy Devin Duvernay. They needed some receiver tar- some receiver help. And adding Duvernay out of the slot is going to be huge for that offense. Ravens fans, if you're listening, go ahead and watch some tape on Devin Duvernay. He is a stud. He can block. He can run routes. Uh, and he's a three-level pass catcher, in my opinion. Oh, and he's not dropping the ball. <laughs> and the, the Longhorn fans who listen to us know he doesn't Devin drop Duvernay the ball. Is, in yeah. four seasons at UT, he didn't drop a pass. Yeah. Uh, number four, I had the Texans. Um, all, and my one through four are the division winners, obviously. Obviously. So. Uh, number four, I have the Texans winning the division at nine and seven. Um, I don't think the AFC South. I believe that's your division, correct? The AFC South. Yes. Um, that division is not going to be a good division, in my opinion. Um, obviously, y'all have heard I'm not high on Philip Rivers. The Jaguars are tanking. They're horrible. Um, and the Dolphins are also Titans. Oh, I'm sorry, the Titans, the Titans, and the Titans, um, who I have making the playoffs. Spoiler alert: um, a mediocre quarterback. I actually forgot him on my list. Wow, that's crazy. Um, a mediocre quarterback like Tannehill, who I have, I, I'm now that I, I'm looking at my list, I completely forgot he's he's a quarterback. <laughs> I, I completely forgot. Um, wow, that stinks. Okay, so I already know where I have him. Yeah, so Ryan Tannehill for me uh, is a mediocre quarterback, and eventually, you know, you can only be mediocrity can only rise so much until it's it's fall, and um, I don't think the Titans will ha- will have su- su- sustained success um, next season like they had last year because, man, a whole offseason, the game plan for Ryan Tannehill, you know what he's good at, you know what he's not. And I think they're really going to start to, to uh, line up 7-8 in that box and say, Ryan Tannehill, please beat us. You yeah. know, A.J. Brown's a good player. Uh, I like him a lot. I also like um, Corey Davis. But – I really, really think defenses will go into games saying if the Titans beat us because Tannehill threw for 260 yards, hey, God bless you, brother. Shake him, you know, shake his hand, smack him on the tail, and you know, get out of Tennessee. But I, I think the Titans are going to struggle a bunch. That's why I have the Texans winning at nine and seven, uh, five. Well, that's why the Texans at nine and seven. I have the Titans at nine and seven as well. Uh, but they're my sixth seed. My fifth is the Browns at ten and six. Um, they play in a division with the Ravens, man, and the Steelers. Uh, those are going to be some very tough games. Yeah. Um, but I believe they'll make the playoffs. They just have too many weapons not to. You have Austin Hooper, you added Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield going into a, you know, now this is a, a much better, much improved offensive line as well with Con- uh, Conklin and Willis on the, on the, uh, as your tackles. And uh, I think the Browns are going to be very good. I, I find it very hard to believe that they won't do well this season. Uh, even on defense, you got Greedy Williams, you got my boy Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett. Um, it's going to be very, very hard for me to imagine they won't be good. Yeah. Um, six, I already told you with the Titans, nine and seven. And then seven, I had the Steelers at nine and seven, making the playoffs. Big Ben healthy, Deontay Johnson, um, second-year receiver. Shout-out to my boy Lewis. Loves Deontay Johnson, and I, I'm a fan of his as well. A little slot guy. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be healthy. James Conner, healthy. And then their defense is much improved as well. Uh, Devin Bush, 
you know, Mika Fitzpatrick a full, a full year in Pittsburgh. So I think the Steelers with a great head coach like Mike Tomlin, who perennially go 500 or better every year, will make the playoffs once again. Mike Tomlin and mediocrity, mediocrity don't mix. And um, I see them making the playoffs, you know, once again. You don't have the Pats making the playoffs? No, I don't have the Pages making the playoffs. Only because I think they're going to lose some divisional games that they should win. Like, I think the Jets will split with them this year. I think the Dolphins will. The Bills will. And the Bills will beat them. I think the Bills will sweep them. Um, the, I was going to preface my AFC argument from the seventh spot, the last wild card spot, is going to be the most interesting to watch this year. Like, normally it's like, oh, we're excited about the top three, four seeds, seeing where they land, seeing who gets the bye week, whatnot. But I think the seventh seed, this last wild card spot, will be the most exciting because I think Denver could get that last spot. Uh, depending on how, what Browns team we get any given week, they could get it. I think the Steelers could get it. I think the Colts, depending on how they play, could get it at eight and eight. Um, the Pats could get it. I, th- I I just think it's an exciting spot to watch in the AFC. I'm going to uh, just because it's hot, fresh on my mind for my quarterback list at at 24. I'm going to have Ryan Tannehill, and you push everyone else down. Yeah. One spot. I'll re-say that in you know our next episode. Yeah. But since it's fresh on my mind, <coughs> I feel like I gotta like talk about that. But no, that seventh wild card spot is gonna be tough. Those last those last three, I mean the Browns, the Titans, and the Steelers, the Patriots are always in the playoffs. Yeah. So like, and you added a dual threat quarterback to the yeah. great uh, great coaches. So. Yeah. And even then, like. The Colts, the, the Colts, Colts are a good, their Colts are a well-run team. The well, you know, yeah, well coached. They always end up splitting with mm-hmm. Houston when yeah. Houston's tip typically looks like the much better head, team. Head o- like head over heels, better defense, better offense, everything. And then you got to remember too, like Miami's going to be a solid team this year. I feel like I feel like well, solid in the sense of improved. Like adding, yeah. adding Byron Jones, I, I feel was huge. Uh, Eric Flowers was played very well at guard last year in Washington, so. Um, there's going to be a lot of like strong teams, you know what I mean, in, in, yeah. in the AFC. Um, I'll start with the NFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, go for it. Number one, I have Tampa Bay at twelve and four. Uh, Tom Brady fits beautifully into Bruce Arians' offense. What did I say earlier about the Patriots' offense? The run game. Don't worry about it. It's the short to intermediate passing game. It's the screen game. Um, you have guys like Chris Godwin who are going to be elite with Tom Brady. Ronald Jones Jr. Elite. Uh, or Ronald Jones the second rather. Um, whenever it gets to, in goal to go situations, Leonard Fournette out of the backfield, you know, sm- smack the horse on its rear end, let it ride. <laughs> uh, Mike Evans, elite receiver. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, people say what you want about him, still a top, you know, five, six, seven tight end in the NFL. They still have OJ Howard. Too, still right? have OJ Howard. Still have Cameron Brait. So, and they got what did I say earlier? My best, my best lineman uh, in the draft, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. I mean. Studs on top of studs. Bruce Arians is such is an elite, elite offensive mind as well. So I think I think Brady's in a beautiful situation. I don't see how they're gonna be bad. Um number two, Green Bay, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers. I will never count out Aaron Rodgers ever. Um someone who I feel is underrated severely by the media. Um someone I feel is a top ten quarterback of all time. Uh, I have I have them at twelve and four, winning their division. Number three, I have San Francisco at eleven and five. I know we just talked about oh, you know Jimmy G might ha- not have receivers, 
But they're a run-first offense for a reason. Uh, they have plenty of backs to definitely make up for the lack of a pass game should there be one. And their defense is going to be elite with Javon Kinlaw added into the rotation. Uh, the f- Number four, I have the Eagles winning the division at 10-6, and six, um, followed by the Cowboys at five uh, uh, at a, with a record of 10-6. and six. I think Philly edges out Dallas once again, but I won't be surprised if that's flipped just because they're going to play an improved Washington football team. They're going to play an improved New York Giants football team. And both their schedules are pretty tough. You know what I mean? They have some they have some rough patches in their schedule. So I said I have a, I have both of those teams. I, I can see them both winning the division, but I feel like they're both going 10 and 6. Uh, there's no way Philly can be as injured as they were last year, man. I mean, unless they – I don't – there's no way. I know they're trying to move off Alshon Jeffrey, and there's rumors that they are or whatever like that. They do need to get some more receivers uh, to help out Carson Wentz. I cannot wait to see Jalen Rieger healthy in that offense. I feel like he's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, and then Dallas, Dallas is going to be good, man. You have they're going to have an elite offense, and um, as long as their defense can play, you know, middle of the pack, you know, top twelve maybe, they'll they're going to surely be in the playoffs. I think they're a lock for the playoffs. Um, six Seattle, ten and six, not Russell Wilson, winner, baller. I'm betting against Seattle. Another thing I will not do, especially not Russell Wilson, elite clutch player, and uh, he's truly that franchise. Lastly, number seven, the New Orleans Saints, ten and six. There we go again. Um, it stinks, man. They finally got a wide receiver too. Um, they drafted a center out of uh, was it UTEP or it was it was late in the first round. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, they're building correctly. They're trying to go about things the right way, um, especially, you know, post-Drew Brees. They're kind of starting to lay the foundation of that. Uh, Michael Thomas, you know, elite player. Emmanuel Sanders, love the fit. Uh, Alvin Kamara, apparently they're trying to get a deal done with him as well. I would agree with that. He's an elite player. Um, but they, they just have to play in a division with now Tom Brady. Uh, I think the Falcons are going to be very good. The Falcons could very well make the playoffs as well. Um Heck, even San Francisco, every year a, 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 a team in the Super Bowl, I feel, one of those teams doesn't make the playoffs the following year. It was the Rams this past year. So, you know, maybe San Francisco doesn't make it this year, you know. But um, I think I think New Orleans just just has to play Brady twice, man. Uh, I think I'm going to upset a lot of people with one of mine. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm probably going to upset you with a couple of mine. Uh I just did like my the same as my last NFC. The North is Green Bay. I'm on the same page as you. I'm never gonna root against uh, Aaron Rodgers, despite him not having weapons. Um, I still think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, the South, I have New Orleans winning it because yeah, Tampa picked up uh, Tom Brady, obviously, and a, t- a ton of players, but. They all got to play in the Superdome a couple once a year. All the division teams, and I think that's tough. And I, I, I think New Orleans will win by, like, a tiebreaker. I think they'll have the same record, but somewhere New Orleans will have the tiebreaker. It's not going to be by much. And then the East, I had Dallas winning it, same as you. It could be Philly. Um, and then the West, I had Seattle winning it. Uh, Russell Wilson is the reason. Uh, then my wild cards away, uh, in San Francisco, and I left out the 
Eagles because I put the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, then the Cards are going to make it? Yeah. I, I don't see it. There's no way this offense isn't going to make it. Okay. At least an argument, like like make it to where we get to like week fourteen, and we're like, oh, Cardinals might make yeah. it. What what worries me, just because it's fresh on the topic about Arizona, is that I don't trust their offensive line whatsoever. Yeah. Um, as well as their defensive line and their linebackers, I I, I have so many question marks, but I understand. I understand. <laughs> okay, okay. It's okay. all gonna be good, man. So. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Who who was your five six and seven again? Five six seven. Yeah. Wild cards: Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Arizona. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you have three teams in the NFC West making it, and Seattle, San Fran, and Arizona. Arizona? Yeah, because looking at the out, out like outside division, like out of division play, I like how Arizona matches up with a lot of teams as far as far as their offense goes. But I could be wrong. I have slash Minnesota on here because I feel like. Somehow, somewhere they always end up making it. They're a well-coached team, man. It's yeah. So Zimmer knows what he's doing. But what, what time? What time are we at right now? We are at forty-five minutes. I'm just gonna close with this. I don't have Minnesota in the playoffs, um, because I think the loss of Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen's health has been a concern for the past couple of seasons. This offense at one point can turn very one-dimensional, very run-heavy, and um, seeing it in Washington for many years, Kirk Cousins does not operate well off of that. He's a West Coast guy, loves the boots. Mm-hmm. The play, the the run game opens up so much for uh, his passing game, and um, I don't think Minnesota will make it. I'm not mad at that. They're my slash team, so yeah, I'm okay. They're the afterthought. <laughs> but there we go, y'all. Shout out to the YouTube uh, community watching us. And shout out to everyone on the horn showing us love. Shout out to the Spotify listeners, the Apple Pod listeners, the YouTube, everybody. Thank y'all so much. Uh, this is episode 20. We've eclipsed well over 6,000 plays through our first 18 episodes. And, uh, you know, 19 is going to be doing numbers. This one will as well. And we are just so thankful, so grateful uh, for everything y'all have done for us and all the listens, all the love. So with that being said, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Ant and Dame. That's at A-N-T-A-N-D-D-A-M-E. Uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, uh, D-A Bartonic. That's at D-A-B-A-R-T-O-N-E-K. Check out my pinned tweet. That'll show you all my articles, the podcast, and all that good stuff. So I'm out, y'all. Thank y'all very, very much. I mean, Dave, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you guys once again for listening in to us. Thank you for sticking with us through 20 episodes. It was just like yesterday we started, man. You get me all emotional. But anyways, follow me on Twitter at Anthony F. Joseph Zero. And that's all. We out. He likes giving uh, the zero at the end of his Twitter because Russell Westbrook can't shoot mid-range jump shots. <laughs>